Hello, and welcome to Pause Pop, Positively Pop Culture, where we talk about things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm Carrie Gessner. And I'm K.W. Taylor. This week, we're talking about the new Disney Plus Marvel series, WandaVision, the movie Outlander, not to be confused with the TV show or the book series, and the new game show, <laughs> The Hustler. <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about this other Outlander first, because I'm very confused. I don't know what this is. That's fine. So. It's... <laughs> it's sort of embarrassing actually but i've loved this movie for a long time it came out in 2008 and i'm pretty sure i watched it around then it was probably on the sci-fi channel back when i had cable i watched the sci-fi channel all the time (laughs) (laughs) same (laughs) but it's written by dirk blackman and howard mccain and it's also directed by howard mccain Mm -hmm. and the reason i watched it last week was, was For some reason, my friend and I were talking about Sophia Miles, and we were sort of like, I don't know if she's been in anything lately, but one of my favorite movies that she's been in is this movie. Oh, okay. (laughs) So I was like, ooh, let me watch it again. (laughs) (laughs) So it stars Jim Caviezel as Kanan, Sophia Miles as Freya, Jack Houston as Wolfric, and John Hurt as Hrothgar. And... I actually got, I don't know exactly how I convinced Erin to watch it with me, but she watched it for the first time. And I think because it had, it was just so familiar to me and I had seen it for the first time before I'd ever read Beowulf, I didn't put together the connection, but she pointed out that it is loosely based on Beowulf. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. But it's kind of, I don't want to call it a B movie because I think it actually like came out in theaters, but it bombed it <laughs> i think i read that the budget was like 47 million and it made 7 million back Aww. yeah so i feel really bad because it's a very entertaining movie <laughs> but it's about Kanan, who is an alien and he crash lands on earth in 700s norway oh okay yeah so he he crashes because there is a thing on his ship that he calls a morwen sort of like a dragon it, it it lights up and it's very eerie even though the the cgi isn't amazing <laughs> <laughs> so he crash lands and one of my favorite things is he i don't know he's got some sort of device and he like puts his eye up to it and it imprints like i don't know i guess it figures out where he is and what time he's in and it imprints like the language of the area around him so there's no like translation issues okay which i thought was kind of cool but then aaron pointed out that they were originally speaking norse i think old norse and then they switched to english and she was very confused and i was just like i don't know go with it (laughs) (laughs) anyway so he crash lands and there's a viking clan led by john hurt and basically the entire movie is just them trying to kill this dragon thingy this morwen but there's a little bit more to it because they don't trust him because he's new and and when they ask him where he's from he says north and they're just like there's nothing up north and he was like farther north (laughs) (laughs) so they don't trust him and he keeps trying to tell them there is this big bad creature that i brought in my ship, but he doesn't tell them he's an alien, obviously. Mm-hmm. And we, I need your help. We need to go kill it because it's going to terrorize your village. And they think it's just a bear. 
And they also think it might be a neighboring clan led by Gunner, who is played by Ron Perlman. Oh. And I kind of always love when he shows up in, in weird things like this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it takes him a little little while to convince him that this is actually an alien creature. And, you know, there's like the standard bonding with the with the Vikings. <laughs> Your standard <laughs> bonding with the Vikings. <laughs> and after they kill the bear, one of my favorite scenes is in the Mead Hall. And everyone is very excited because they, they think they've killed this creature that has killed some of their own. And Kanan's the only one who's like, mm, guys, there's another bigger creature out there. <laughs> <laughs> but they do this thing and they just call it shields. And Wolfric and Kanan participate in it. So basically all the men stand in a circle and they put their shields on their shoulders. And then Kanan and Wolfric go up on the shields and like balance on them. And they walk around the circle. And it's sort of like a competition because I think one is supposed to catch the other one. And they keep going faster and faster. And then Wolfric does this little somersault in the air. <laughs> <laughs> and he challenges Kanan to do the same. And he does, of course, because he's the hero. But like, I don't know. I just think it's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, Sophia Miles plays Freya, who's the daughter of the current king. And she's, you know, she's feisty and she doesn't want to, like, just do the normal women things, which is, you know, kind of a an overplayed trope, but that's okay. I was like, yeah, Ray's <laughs> awesome. It sounds like a mashup of Highlander and Doctor Who to me, but... <laughs> that, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that's inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> with with Beowulf as the plot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so one of the big things that I was forgetting is that Kanan comes from space. Mm -hmm. And what happened was also I was like doing my laundry while this was on. So I didn't catch all of it. <laughs> 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 it's been a little while since I got the details of some of this. But anyway, his planet was dying, I think. So they went off to look for a new planet and they found one and it was populated by Morwins. So they basically tried to kill them off and started their own colony and the Morwins killed the whole colony that he was in, including his wife and his son. But I think it's trying to say some stuff about colonization, mm. which it doesn't really follow through with, I think, because on the one hand, I think it does an interesting job of sort of humanizing the Morwen mm -hmm. because his whole family has, uh, his whole planet has been destroyed. He jumps on the ship to get revenge on Kanan and that's his current purpose in life is just to make Kanan miserable. Mm. And on the one hand, I'm like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Kanan's people are kind of terrible. <laughs> but you're not really supposed to side with the Morwen. So and I think it doesn't really follow through in the sense that I don't like the ending. I'm just gonna spoil it for you. I it's not a spoiler. <gasps> okay. But sorry, do you No, that's okay. Go ahead. I mean Kanan kills the Morwen. <laughs> oh, okay. Well I mean I've I've read translations of Beowulf, so Yeah, I that's why I was like, it's not a spoiler. <laughs> <It's> still, <laughs> yeah. And I really think that the points that it was trying to make about colonization would be stronger if the end had been different. Mm. I would prefer it if they both died together mm. and then Freya became queen. <laughs> mm. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that doesn't happen. But yeah, it's just something that I put on every once in a while and I don't have to pay full attention to it, but it's entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know if I can in good conscience recommend it to you. <laughs> But there might be some listeners who enjoy it. I certainly do. (laughs) It sounds fun. Well, it goes back to our discussion recently about comfort movies and shows. And Mm -hmm. I've actually, since we put that episode out, I've been reading more randomly, like it just comes across my news feeds and whatnot, about repeated reading, repeated Mm. viewing, repeated TV, movie, book, etc. Yeah. Especially right now that people you know, need things that they kind of already know how it's going to turn out because that's comforting, but you just get the the joy of noticing new things. And mm-hmm. I mean, before we start recording, you're recording Back to the Future randomly. And like, <laughs> I keep meaning to do a full rewatch of those. And I've seen them tons of times, but it's like, yeah, that sounds really good. And so if you watch this a lot, even though there's things about it that you don't love, but I think that can change over time. Yeah. Like there's, I've reread The Great Gatsby so many times, but Every time I finish it, I feel like I have a different opinion about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And I don't think, like when I first watched this, Mm -hmm. I don't think I had that opinion about the ending. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, things can definitely change over time. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of makes me want to write to the writers and be like, excuse me, can I pen you a (laughs) spinoff? Yeah. But you, even though we, you know, we take great comfort in rewatching things, mm-hmm. you've been watching something new that you're really digging. Yeah, but ironically enough, it has a high amount of nostalgia in it. Okay. So I've been really, 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 I wouldn't say I'm obsessed with it, but I really <laughs> like it. The show WandaVision, which started on Disney Plus just a couple of weeks ago. And they're releasing it weekly. It just started January 15th. And there's only been three episodes out. There's a new episode coming this week. Okay. And it's a half an hour. Now, here's the thing. This is a Marvel Cinematic Universe series with Wanda Maximoff, also known as Scarlet Witch, played by Elizabeth Olsen, and Vision, who is the android character, played by Paul Bettany. But it's not an action semi-drama. It is a sitcom. It's 30 minutes. And it is structured, not only is it structured like a sitcom, it's structured like a series of slightly different genres of sitcoms from mid 20th century onward. Hmm. Each episode changes its theme and feeling and set and the type of look of the show. It's very strange. I've never seen anything like this. And The thing is that I went into this cold and had not read much about it, had not looked up spoilers. I wanted to go into it cold because I'd heard, the only thing I'd heard was that it's going to be weird. So I was like, okay, (laughs) I need to to have a media blackout. So for those of you who haven't started it and want a media blackout, you may not want to listen to this. But yeah, so Wanda and Vision in the Marvel movies were a couple, at least briefly. Vision actually ends up dying in one of the movies. And this takes place after Avengers Endgame. Can I, does he come back in Endgame? No, he dies okay. in Infinity War, actually. Oh, I thought people who died. I haven't finished them. So oh, I thought they sorry. brought a lot of people back, but not him. Okay. Well, they he didn't die that way. He actually okay. survived the big snap, but he died. Or actually, no, he didn't survive the big snap. He brought. He was brought back, but he died because they were trying to get, he had a, 
one of the infinity stones was implanted in him. Okay. Which was how he was a living, sentient android. Okay. That part is really complicated and not actually <laughs> pertinent to this. But yeah, he's supposed to be dead and he was not resurrected or anything, okay. even though he's an artificial intelligence. So in Endgame, you do see a little bit of Scarlet Witch kind of mourning him and whatnot, but because that's such a big story, they didn't really dwell on it. Mm -hmm. So this show just picks up with Wanda and Vision married in a suburb in a black and white sitcom with a laugh track and a live (laughs) studio audience. And they don't explain it. They don't seem to themselves know or remember anything before they came to this little town which is called Westview and you don't know where it is. Mm-hmm. The first episode clearly takes place in the 1950s even though all the Avengers movies are taking place, you know, basically in the year that they came out. And in the first episode they're supposed to be newlyweds. He works at some very generic little company and she's a housewife and the plot of that episode is mostly them having to entertain his boss and his wife at their mm-hmm. home with a dinner party. And the only nod to anything strange going on is that Vision looks like like he's got a red face and he looks like he's made of metal and whatnot, but he can disguise himself to look normal when he goes out of the house. Okay. And so you see him when they're just at home with each other, you see him looking like a robot. And then when he's around other people, though, he looks like Paul Bettany, basically. <laughs> so the only nods to supernaturalness or anything strange is that It's acknowledged that she is a witch, but has to hide her powers, and that he's an android and has to hide being an android. Okay. And yet in each episode, things get increasingly kind of strange and deviate from that. The second episode changes eras. The third episode changes eras and is suddenly in color. Hmm. Everything is filmed in the way that a sitcom from the eras that they're sort of paying homage to would be. So the first episode looks very much like an episode of The Dick Van Dyke Show. The second episode looks like an episode of Bewitched. Okay. And the third episode looks like an episode of The Brady Bunch. Interesting. Yeah. But the thing is that even though it changes decades from like the 50s, 60s, early 70s, they're supposed to be the same people and it's supposed to be the same continuity. They have all these neighbors and he has coworkers and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's the same supporting characters. They just all sort of update their wardrobe, but no one ages either. Hmm. And it's not as if they're supposed to be decades in between. These are happening back to back to back. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. And there are other hints that this is taking place in the larger Marvel universe and that there is something bigger happening here. There's a lot of theories online about that. And I have deliberately not read the comics that this is based on. So, Oh, it's based on comics. Yes. Directly. Okay. Like the storyline is. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So I can't really speak to that. And also they could be deviating from that because certainly all the other Avengers movies haven't stuck directly. They've changed some things. So yeah. So I didn't want to read those because I didn't want to be pre-spoiled and then disappointed if they (laughs) deviated. So I'm kind of trying to stay pretty clear. And some of the supporting actors are fantastic. Catherine Hahn plays this woman named Agnes, who is like the nosy neighbor (laughs) sitcom trope. And she's real funny. I love Catherine Hahn. Yes, she's brilliant. I love everything she's been. We just finished watching Parks and Rec for the, I don't know how many times, and she's on there as as this like political consultant, and she's hilarious. And honestly, Agnes is not that different from that character. So. <laughs> Deborah Jo Rupp is like the wife of Vision's boss, and she's very similar to her, that 70s show mom character. She's very giggly and strange. And Emma Caulfield from Buffy the Vampire Slayer is this mysterious neighbor named Dottie Jones, 
who is like this uber housewife. And she's like, she looks like a Hitchcock blonde. She's very icy and sort of cold and creepy. And she like runs the sort of country club mom association. Okay. And Wanda feels very intimidated and creeped out by her. So yeah, there's like a lot of really cool, strange things. People just sort of sometimes act weird and Wanda or Vision will sort of notice it and start to question it and things kind of stop and slow down and the audience is sort of forced to really think like, ooh, this is not just what it appears. Something else is going on here. Yeah. So yeah. Now there's been a lot of like random criticism of it that it's people are complaining that it's not this action adventure experience. Oh. Or they're complaining that, oh, this nostalgia is for boomers or much, much older viewers than would be interested in the Avengers movies. But I feel like, I don't know, I don't... That doesn't seem fair. (laughs) Yeah, I I feel like that's not fair. And also, like, even if you don't understand some of the homages, I think it's still funny as a show. Yeah. And there's probably reasons for why it's playing out this way. And that we just don't know what they are yet. I think the slow burn of it is bugging some viewers. There really are not answers even yet after several weeks. So, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, as you were talking, I was because I've heard a little bit about it, but I don't keep up with the Marvel timeline all that well. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, I'm not going to start it. I'm going to wait until it's all out, and then maybe I'll, okay. I'll start it. Mm-hmm. So I can see how week to week. Because we've changed how we view so much yes, that week to week is can sometimes be really frustrating. Mm-hmm. But I think it's unfair to just say, like, the target audience of superhero stuff won't be interested in this. I think the more you broaden the cinematic universe, the more people you can draw in. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's a, a problem with that. And I guess I sort of compare it to Star Wars a lot. Like, they dropped all that Star Wars news. Mm-hmm. And... It's so hard to keep up with everything. And also, I know that I'm not going to like every single movie or show, mm-hmm. but I don't begrudge the people who do like those ones. I don't, I guess I just don't under, understand that mindset of like, if I don't like it, no one can have it. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I like all the Marvel Universe stuff, but I don't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I watched it for a while and I just, it wasn't for me. Yeah. So I just stopped and I don't feel any less enriched by that. And I also didn't watch very much of Agent Carter either for similar reasons. They had kind of a similar tone and I just wasn't, but you know, I, I can still understand the movies and still get it. And I feel like this is just a very encapsulated thing that probably it may have some stuff that hooks in with later movies. I know it's kind of a lead into the new Doctor Strange movie. Okay. But I think you'll be able to watch that without watching this and be fine. But if you've been scared to kind of enter into the Marvel Universe uh, because you think it's inaccessible, this is a very short commitment. Like it's only going to be one season. It's only going to be however many episodes, probably just... I think I saw nine. Yeah. So if you have Disney Plus and you want to give it a shot, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany are brilliant and they're basing their performances on classic sitcom actors. So I think that's pretty cool. Like she deliberately is basing herself on Elizabeth Montgomery and Mary Tyler Moore. And Paul Bettany is kind of drawing on Dick Van Dyke. And he's charming. I have liked him in just about everything I've seen him in even before Marvel stuff. Mm -hmm. So and they're very they have cute chemistry. Like it's a it's a cute little like 
it shows them as a couple in a completely different light that we never got to see in the movies because we yeah. only barely got to see them even as a couple. The movies don't really get to linger on small interpersonal relationships between individual people. So this is a way to, you know, get to experience that even if it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, it's cute. I'm very glad that you're liking it so much. Thank you. Maybe in six weeks or so, you can update us when the yes. season's over. Yes, I will. I will because I think I think it's going to get weirder. So I might give a special all spoilers update and we'll try to cool. dissect it a little bit more. So yeah. But we both were watching at least a little bit of this new, totally different kind of show, mm-hmm. game show on ABC. Yes. And it's called The Hustler. And you've only watched one, but what do you, maybe you can give us a little sketch about the premise and we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, I'll try to. So it's hosted by Craig Ferguson and each episode has five contestants and they basically sit around in chairs and answer some trivia questions. But one person is the hustler. So they know all the answers to the questions Mm -hmm. and the other people, their job is to try to identify the hustler Mm -hmm. and the hustler's job is to steer people away from knowing that they're the hustler while also trying to get the group to answer the questions correctly because for each question they get right they get ten thousand dollars and if the hustler is not outed by the end then the hustler gets the money and if three people are left in the end and if the two people who are not the hustler do out the hustler and agree on it then they get to split the money at the mm-hmm. end. So it's yep. uh it's a little complicated actually. It is, yeah. All of the questions are based on the hustler's life as well, which I thought was kind of strange. And I'll, we we could talk about that in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of as if you're playing pub trivia with a team except that one of your teammates is actually secretly a mole <laughs> and is yeah. out to get you. It's basically how it boils down and it is complicated, but it's really funny, I think. And Craig Ferguson, I find delightful. Mm-hmm. So he's, I like the set too. You were talking about the set off, yes. off mic. It looks like a sort of like Edwardian lounge or gentleman's club or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I a library. Like, yeah. yeah, that's what I want my library to look like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I get to be an adult, I guess. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. And like Craig, person wears like a smoking jacket i think mm-hmm. and yeah. it's it's very murder mystery-ish yes which threw me off a little bit because i went in expecting there to be sort of a murder mystery element but there's not really it's more just like the atmosphere of of a mystery novel where you're trying to figure out who did it kind of yeah but there's no crime <laughs> no but there's the hustler can eliminate people as they go and the way they sort of disappear offset is through like a secret bookcase. And it almost is like a very thin allegory of them getting murdered. So yeah, I, yeah. I do sort of feel like there is this quasi murder element, but it is, you know, all very PG and not scary. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because in the elimination rounds, everybody votes to eliminate someone in public on a piece of paper, but only the hustler's vote matters, but everyone has to do it so that you can't tell who the hustler is. Mm-hmm. And so that's, an interesting way to get around doing eliminations without it seeming like, I mean, there's other ways they could have done it, like have everybody go one by one into a little room or something, but it's easier, I think, to do it the way they do. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. And the trivia questions, they are like general knowledge trivia, but they're still tailored to things like they give clues to the hustler's identity. I just watched episode two, which I don't think you've seen yet. And that hustler was, there were clues about them being a former Olympian, for example. And so then there were questions about like the Olympics Hmm. that the hustler apparently did know, but it is sort of also about things that are in their personal wheelhouse. Right. And they also randomly said that person is a big fan of Sean Connery. So then they had a question about James Bond movies. So yeah. So I mean, it's interesting because it adds an element of personality, I guess. Mm -hmm. And the hustler always has to like, do they want do they want the money enough to risk their potentially showing people they're the hustler by knowing the answer? Mm -hmm. So you kind of have to try to lead people to because you get i think you get a minute to to debate yeah but the the one thing that i that didn't quite work for me is that because they're based on the questions are based on the hustler and their mm-hmm. life there's no real like theme <laughs> like right some, oh, they're very very yeah. random yeah and yeah and i found that a little bit frustrating i think there's a reason for that not just beyond the fact that they are tailoring it to that person but also i think that like if somebody is very good at a certain kind of trivia, like I'm yeah. very good at like 80s sitcoms or whatever, you know, like some dumb niche area. If they tried to theme things a little bit like categories like Jeopardy, somebody could end up being really good at a category and make it look like they might be the hustler. That's true. But it's just and you'd have to there's a whole nother layer of like having to convince people, no, I just happen to know that, you know. Yeah. So I think by basing it on stuff the hustler is into it also provides a wider swath of stuff because i'm sure like i'm sure you and i are both good at different kinds of really random trivia yeah that people might be surprised by you know mm-hmm. so i think they try to cast a wide swath through the person's life to come up with stuff that would be general knowledge potentially but also kind of weird you know yeah that makes, that makes sense yeah but I get you. Sometimes I'm just like, I, who would know this, you know? But apparently <laughs> the somebody, the hustler. <laughs> but so I think you can enjoy it on the level of if you like trivia questions, especially kind of hard ones, because they are not easy. But also if you like weird, you know, things with like alliances and like deception, because mm-hmm. the hustler has to kind of be an actor. Yeah. In order to fake their way through this. Right. That was going to be one of my questions for you. Do you think you would do well on this show if you were The Hustler? I will tell you, I did not have... I watched two episodes so far. There's five that are out. I'm going to keep watching it. I did not pinpoint The Hustler in either episode one or two. Oh, and I did in episode I, one. I was proud. Myself. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't pick that. Episode two, I would like you to watch because okay. that that one is a reveal that had my jaw on the floor. Okay. So it was very cool. Awesome. Yeah. So, and and the other thing is that I've had friends tell me that if I'm like sitting in a group of people and somebody says something that I don't like and I'm trying to be <laughs> chill about it, I've had people tell me that I do not have a poker face and that they like to look at me to see my little <laughs> expression of irritation. So I don't know that I could be the hustler and I don't know if I could figure out the hustler. I think I would I'm be sorry. good at like the hilarious. trivia questions, but not anything else. <laughs> Do you think that's accurate? <laughs> um, now that you mention it, yeah. <laughs> Do you think you'd be good at, at this? No, either? I think I would be terrible. I am, <laughs> I am an awful liar. 
And also, when I get uncomfortable or when I'm lying or when I'm happy, I'm smiling. So it's Mm -hmm. just, (laughs) it would be really bad. If I were a contestant and not the hustler, I think I would just be very anxious the whole time. I was anxious while I was watching it. Because I don't (laughs) like, I don't like people lying and you have to figure out if they're telling the truth so Mm -hmm. i think i would be pretty bad at this game (laughs) yeah yeah i think so i i also am too trusting too Mm. so like i would if somebody's telling me straight up they're not i would i would want to believe them i will tell you too that i haven't played among us the game where it's similar to this but i've played a variation where you're playing with your friends it's a jackbox game and like there's you have to decide who on the spaceship is an alien or whatever it's similar to like werewolf or mafia or whatever. Yeah. And I swear when I'm not the person, no one ever believes me because I think I'm <laughs> smiling or I'm so desperate to convince them like I'm a human. I swear I'm a human. And everybody's like, that's what the alien would say, you know, and they always want to throw me out the airlock. <laughs> like it's happened multiple times. I think I just convey this tone of voice of like desperate, please believe me. <laughs> So I would get eliminated so fast. I'd be one of these poor pe- people who doesn't get any money because you're like cut in the first round. I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm like crying over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't we in grad school? We played werewolf a oh, couple yeah, I times, hated it. and it was very stressful. And when you're not the werewolf, people are like accusing you. It's like I really am not. I swear. <laughs> yeah, because what do you what do you say? oh boy yeah i think these kinds of games are not really my wheelhouse (laughs) especially face to face like i might be able to do it i might be able to do among us but Uh yeah the face to face lying i'm just like no (laughs) i see i actually find werewolf kind of fun because it's it's humorous and i've also gone to conferences where they go over ways to play werewolf with students Mm. especially in like creative writing that it can be a fun way to do Role playing and practice those skills that you would need to like be good at that. Yeah. That it's like an acting exercise um, and character development. But in terms of success at the game, no, it's not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not good at it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's really funny. And I also think Craig does not know, Craig does not know the answers to the questions for one, because sometimes he is surprised. And he also does not know who the hustler is. Yeah. So in episode two, when they finally reveal it, he is. He finds it hilarious and he's completely like gobsmacked. He's just like, oh man. And that's how I I was just like, I can't believe it. So yeah. I do want to add that the hustler has to be smart in who they eliminate too. Yes. Because I don't think in the first episode, I don't think he eliminated good people because the two who were left were really crafty and they were able to figure it out. Sorry, I gave away the gender of the hustler. Sorry. No, that's that's still that still will give people enough to go by. But I, yeah, I feel like I was actually like pondering this morning before we recorded, like, what would you what would you be your elimination strategy? And you would have to be really good at reading other people to be able to tell if you thought they could tell that you were probably the hustler. Mm-hmm. So you'd need to cut those people, not the people who knew the questions very well. You'd probably want good trivia players to stay on if they didn't suspect that you were the hustler. Right. But you would not want people on who might suspect you because it all hinges on that at the end. So Yeah. yeah. It's difficult. Yeah. It's a hard game. I'm excited to watch the rest of it. Yeah. Are you going to keep watching? Yeah, I am. I paused it for a little bit because I was like, no murder mystery? 
<laughs> but talking about it has made me more excited for it. So I'm going to, I'll probably watch some more episodes. Cool. Yeah. I will definitely watch episode two. Because you're yes. excited for that. Yes. That one is particularly good. So I, and you know what I would love to see like at the end of the season is bring back all the hustlers and just do like, maybe even have like a, a double hustler <laughs> tournament of champions or whatever. I think that would be really cool. Cause the, the most crafty people, if you're the hustler and you get away with it, you are a smart cookie and I'd like to see them compete against each other. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah. Awesome. What are we talking about next week? Next week, we'll be talking about The Haunting of Bly Manor and multiple adaptations of its source material, Henry James's The Turn of the Screw. And we'll have a special guest joining us. Yes. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find me on Twitter at Carrie Gessner. And you can find me on Twitter at KW Taylor Writer. And you can find us together on Twitter at Pause Pop Podcast. You can also email us at positivelypopculture at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Stay healthy and safe. And join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. Pause Pop.